Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Today is May 18th, 2020, and we meet each week at this time in order to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to also aid them in the forming of triangles. And we also are meeting here together to provide a platform whereby people who are already members of this Triangles Network can come together each week in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people agree to meet each day subjectively and visualize a line of lighted loving communication between themselves and agree to do this every day. Three people linked together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. This triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the great invocation is sounded, a world prayer, its energies release light and goodwill to all open and receptive hearts and minds everywhere. So it's a spiritual service, a planetary service, and it only takes a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So if you respond to this idea and think you might like to form a triangle, you can do so by going to our website, triangles.org, and you can find an online form to register your triangle. You can also register to be part of a, um, a bulletin board of people around the world who are also looking to form triangles. And also you can enter your name in the chat box here and we will see if two other people agree to form a triangle with you. So if you want to work in this manner, you should be able to find partners to do so with. Today, after the meditation, we will be privileged again to hear from Clarence Harvey um, from the UK, an educator who's worked many years uh, as well in the spiritual um, development of the martial arts. And he'll have some very interesting thoughts to share with us. So we look forward to hearing from you later, Clarence. So as we do each week, let's begin with a visualization followed by the sounding of a mantra. So let's just take a breath, link with the group, and visualizing our planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Visualize within that sphere a triangle. This is the triangle of the three planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center.
Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past, present and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the triangle, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center out through the five points of the planetary star. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relationships, restoring peace on earth. And as we sound the mantra, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the subjective and the objective worlds. Radiance are we in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work 
and turn the darkness into day. During this period of our planetary life, when there's a measure of pause from the normal activities, we can use our time more effectively in planetary service. One of the tasks with which we are challenged is to evoke the will aspect of the soul. And this is one of the deeper aspects of the triangles work. For as a group, we can provide a ground through which the energies of the higher centers of the planet can be stepped down and released into humanity. From one angle, this request to work with the spiritual will that is being asked of the group appears premature. For how can we be expected to work with the will when we are as yet far from an ability to express truly the nature of love? Why then are we being asked to approach this higher aspect? It seems that this challenge is related to this particular period in human history through which we are passing, which as you know, is a time of a forcing process, an initiatory time that is embracing all levels of our planetary life, from the highest spiritual being, right down into the outer world of daily living, where thinking, loving men and women serve. Through this chain, it's said that the tide of the new life sweeps and that the plan is ready for immediate application and intelligent implementing. The workers are there and the power to work is adequate to the need. So as part of this divine circulatory flow of spiritual energies, we take our place and contribute what we have to give. Members of the new group of world servers are charged with bridging the gap between that which is above and that which is below, and through our very being, bringing through the needed transformative energies. This ability to work with the will is something humanity has never before been capable of. The Christ was said to be the first member of the human family to anchor a sliver of this will energy. And it is now our task as a group to attempt to appropriate it. This inpouring of the spiritual will through the collective of the group of world servers has been strong during this time of Waysak, when humanity each year receives a touch from Shambhala, carrying forward upon the impact from the festival week period in December, heightened this time by the powerful alignment of planets within the first seventh ray sign of Capricorn. It's no surprise therefore that we see these energies working out as major shifts, challenges, reorientations within the collective consciousness and the consequent growing recognition of the need 
for structural change within all aspects of our civilization. This powerful influx of energies is being directed within humanity by the new group. And this is particularly the case as Uranus has entered into the sign of Taurus last year. Taurus being the sign governing the group itself. The group is highly responsive to Uranus as it moves through the different signs, because this is the key planet of the coming Aquarian cycle. And the new group as the hierarchy itself is charged with serving as Aquarius indicates. So that we work with the energies of the seventh ray and we bring in the ability to concretize or ground the energy of the spiritual will. In Taurus, astrologically speaking, Uranus is said to be in its fall, an astrological consideration that exoterically at least is not considered favorable. It's thought to be weakening of the essential strength of a planet. But we know that esoterically understood conditions are often reversed or rather understood in a deeper manner as two parts of one whole, like the full and new moon cycles. So when Uranus falls esoterically, it can strengthen the planet's ability to bring down spirit to anchor the will through the form, circulating the energies throughout the etheric body of the entire new group and the planet. Hence the opportunity for all triangles workers to put themselves within this grounding of the etheric energies of the planet. The intensity of the inpouring energies are impacting all sensitive men and women everywhere. The challenge therefore becomes whether people can withstand the impact. The Tibetan in this regard poses a difficult question to the group. He asks, will this group be a break under the impact of self-discovery and the opportunity to eliminate personality? Or will they rise triumphant from the ashes of their dead selves into living power and beauty? At the close of the war, the Tibetans stated that the cry of the masses of humanity was rising up to the highest spiritual center upon the planet. And he said that cry was much more potent among the masses of humanity than it was among the people of goodwill, the aspirants and disciples of the world. And one wonders if the situation is any different today. The Tibetan said his work was hampered by the difficulties he found in trying to arouse the disciples of the world to help defeat the evil that was engulfing the planet. Here we are today at another turn of the spiral and surely just as much is being asked of us now. So let's now work together with our meditation. Let's link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. 
we invoke the spiritual will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize this triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle.
Visualize the energies of light, love, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. on the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, 
let's consider the impact of the words as they're poured forth. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power Restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome Clarence. Um, welcome, Clarence. Hello, thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, so glad to have you with us today. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your approach to your spiritual work with the martial arts? Because I'm sure the guests, uh, the audience here today would be very interested to hear how you work. Okay. Um, well, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm, I am a, a martial artist. I've been for 
probably most, if not all, of my adult life. Um, and I think what drew me into it was initially the what I perceived to be the philosophy and the fact that the kind of attitude to life and to self and to the world was actually not just kept in the head, but grounded in beautiful movements and hard training. And uh, so, yeah, that attracted me. And um, I've always used it as a vehicle for the highest that I could see um, and want to achieve. And um, along my, my way, my path of training as a teacher, in my, during my teacher training years, that um, crystallized for me really as um, a question of the soul, the soul of things, the soul of, of, of life, the soul of education. Um, and I found that I've used it personally um, as a vehicle for soul work. On a, on a very personal level and found it as a very useful medium through which, in fact, um, human beings, people, children, people of all ages can have some experiential sense of, um, I suppose, of being more than their bodies, more than their, their personalities. And um, that's been the way I've cultivated it in myself and um, within my kind of family situation. So it, it's the lens through which I look at the world, essentially. Yeah. And you've, you've related that uh, to the seventh ray, which is the ray of ceremonial order and magic. And how would you, would you clarify that a little more? How does that work for you? How do you understand that? Well, I think when I started my training, um, it was a very intuitive kind of, of approach and probably during those early years I also came into contact with um, the teachings on the rays, the seven rays, and in trying to make sense of them um, and looking at the way um, the, the martial arts as an organized activity um, works out is very, it, it is very full of ritual, um, it's very much grounded in the body and in the energy of the body um, and in concepts like chi in the, in the Chinese system and ki in the, in the Japanese systems, um, we are working with the, the vital forces of the body in, in a way that, that strengthens those forces and seeks to make the body capable of carrying, carrying the power of concentrated um, vital force. And behind all of that, I mean, although we, it's very easy actually to look, look at a, um, a training session and see the ritual and see the bows, the ritual bow to each other and, and the kneeling and the, the, the things that are said and see the seventh ray in operation, there is also very much um, a fifth ray aspect to it in that the, the techniques and things that are, are, are taught are designed um, on the basis of how the body works, the joints and the ligaments and, and everything else. Um, and then within that as well, for me, there's very much a fourth ray aspect, which is the beauty of the thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so although yes, the seventh ray is, is very evident in, in one kind of sense, 
the other, the, some of the other ways are very also very much um, present. And do you, do you have a sense when you're working with a group or even when you're working alone and doing your practice is that you're part of a larger network? Well, that seems a very seventh ray part of it. <laughs> well, the strangest thing, I suppose, is, yeah, especially now when I work a lot more, um, well, maybe I should just give a little background. Many years ago when I started, um, I was working, um, learning karate or one of the, the karate systems and they of course you're always in a group the training is always in a dojo in a, in a, in a training hall a school in a group and um, coming into contact with people in a similar system but in other schools around the country um, and so that that kind of being part of a larger uh, group is always there and there is always a sense that this is my school, but there's another school from which I may know other students. Um, or I may even go and visit and train at, at, at another location, another school. But recently, more recently, I have been training a lot more on my own and um, with a very, very small group of students. And I've encouraged them, because of my own growing sense of it, that actually we are not only part of a long tradition of people who train in this way, but you can look forward into the future to how, what this training really can become under the influence of the best, best influences that are even now present and have been present since, you know, all the, the, the founding masters of martial arts have always been people who've had deep insights <laughs> about really the nature, the nature of the world and the nature of the universe. Um, the founder of Aikido, um, it's one, one of his, his sayings is that, that Aikido is about love. And the work of the mar martial artist is actually to bring love into the universe. Mm. And, and that's the way, that, that, that's the true self of the universe. And so self-defense is about protecting and defending the inherent love of the universe from any forces that would deny that such is the case. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, people have, have seen deeply through their training and, and, and through training come into contact with ideas um, and, and not just ideas because often when you, you meet somebody who is trained seriously and, and um, deeply, I should say, um, and for me, I, I explain that by saying they have they have done the work to make their souls come alive in in the way they they are, in the way they act, in the way they teach, in the way they think, in the way they relate to students and fellow fellow um, practitioners. Mm. Um, so so yeah, there is a for me a, an increasing sense that we are at the beginnings of a an era in which. Um, the martial arts as a vehicle for soul training, soul work, soul awakening um, is, is, is inevitable in, in, in some degree. And so I have a sense of the future. Tens of thousands um, of people already train in our times in, in one or other form of martial art and at a level that, 
that suits where they are in life, you know, whether it's very, very physical or it's to give them confidence and work on their emotions or whether because it's giving them um, insights into other things. Um, you know, th those, are, those are early days um, for something that will increasingly, I think, become the case, which is that people will be much more freely able to use this kind of, of approach to, to training um, to encourage the noblest values and, and sense of who we are as human beings and why we are on the planet. So those aren't just like pie in the sky ideas. Those are things that um, I have experienced myself as being possible to teach even to children, to, you know, as questions, as, as experiences. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not just something that is now, but for me very much, it's part of the, the new culture or the coming culture of the soul. Yeah. You've, you've likened it to a spiritual, a path of like a spiritual warrior. So could you just describe what that means to some of us who might not really understand that term? One, one of my students, current students is um, a former soldier. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of, he's not, uh, well, I mean, his background is very much grounded in uh, ordinary working class kind of experience of life and, and so on. And he kind of came and found me by curiosity. Um, I think the way I framed whatever advert I had put out, he came and he said, it's just curiosity, really. Uh, he's managed to stick with me for a few years. So mm -hmm. he's found something. Um, and I put it to him, well, I kind of, as a question, what's the difference between a soldier and a warrior? And um, for me, the, the true meaning of warrior is, is to do with the fourth ray. Mm. And uh, that question of working out beauty and harmony through right use of conflict. Mm. And so it becomes possible to look at our lives and see where do we come into conflict? What conflicts do we face regularly or occasionally? What's really challenging us and how do we face it? And what does that evoke in us? And what do we want to be the result of this? And imagine if we can actually turn things so that whatever conflict we come into, we actually make it a soul matter so that we act from our highest values and principles and what we have seen about how we would like to be and when we don't make it it's just a case of as we learn in, in training get up and try again mm. there's no beating up of self so the warrior for me the true warrior is the soul i used to teach um, students many years ago youngsters 12 13 14 years old that the true the true martial art is the martial art of the soul and that's what's behind all of the many different forms of martial arts. And it, it is as we, we seek to learn to live as souls that we start to become spiritual warriors. And spiritually, of course, in the widest sense, not in the sense of, of religious, but in the sense of the spirit of, um, of standing for something meaningful and of value, which is universal the universal good, if you want, in, 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 in humanity, and in fact, beyond. Yeah. 
it's it's interesting that you bring up the idea of the fourth ray because I keep thinking that this practice of martial arts is, is very related to the higher aspects of the sign Scorpio, which, as you know, is ruled by Mars, a uh, very powerful planet, as well as Pluto, but also it's been one of the most potent vehicles through which the fourth ray pours. So I think, uh, there, have you ever considered that? I don't know if that's something you thought of. In terms of Scorpio? Yeah, it seems very related to... This, well, this unfortunately, <laughs> Yes, the sign Scorpio is, is the sign I was born under. Of what? I was born under the sign of Scorpio, in the sign of Scorpio. So yes, yeah. <laughs> my, my challenge has been more to depersonalize it, to see, well, does this only make sense for me? <laughs> well, yes, from the larger perspective. And that beauty that you mentioned, you know, the fourth ray bringing through beauty, we don't often think of a warrior as bringing through beauty but if you think of the warrior as you said as the soul then yes. of course yes but i think of it as also seventh ray and i'm not a practitioner but it seems like a perfect um, combination of seventh ray and fourth ray the rhythm and the movement and the synchronous flow of the um, practitioner as well as this as you say the conflict and the ability to link with the soul making it such a, an Aquarian, as you've been saying, like really an Aquarian practice that you see developing as we move into this age. It just seems like you're right that this, or uh, it will evolve into other forms, you know? Yes, yes. Um, I've, I heard, I've, one of the things that made me interested in, in martial arts and particularly Qigong, I mean, I've never, mm -hmm. I've never practiced it, but I heard such an interesting, um, story, not a story, a factual account of a man who was very ill and um, was looking, was not finding relief um, from his life-threatening situation and uh, happened to synchronistically run into a, a Qigong um, store, you know, uh, storefront. And he went in and started um, learning from one of the practitioners in there about a, a type of Qigong that um, worked with the energies of the moon and the planets. Yeah. And as he practiced, he became healed. And I thought that was such <laughs> a fascinating account. Have you ever experienced or worked with people as, as using martial arts as a healing tool? I've been told that um, people have experienced it that way yeah. um, through training. And I think. Um, on a personal level, it's, it's through reflection. So a lot of the, you we were talking just now about the beauty. Um, mm -hmm. there, are, there are patterns, uh, sometimes called forms or kata in, in the Japanese. And where the group moves together in certain patterns. Mm -hmm. and, um, and through the years of training and the grades as you, you train, you go through kind of more and more complicated um, patterns or katas. And it was many, many years after I, I had stopped practicing a particular set from, from um, karate, in fact, Japanese karate, um, that I was reviewing them. Um, I had gone on to learn other forms and from other systems. And I, was, I started to practice these in my garden and I realized that, that very thing that you just asked, that actually these things are healing. 
Yeah. In, in, in coming into the pattern of movement, it, it seems to readjust something internally on a kind of a physical or physiological level. Mm. Um, and certainly just to look at, um, it can also induce certain things in, in people who observe, um, who, who are witnessing, uh, you know, these, these patterns being done. So from that angle, yes. And then from another angle, the, the question about healing, um, that's certainly um, quite a number of, of people who take the martial arts seriously and, and study for years, um, learn something about how to manipulate joints and work on muscles and acupuncture points um, in order to heal. Mm. Um, there was one there was one occasion when um, again going back quite a number of years I had problems in my lower back and um, I was uh, I was doing an exercise and I was thrown which I was supposed to be but then I found I couldn't get up <laughs> my back my lower back had just locked and I couldn't move and the instructor came over and then he just applied applied pressure and within seconds, I was able to be up and training as if nothing had happened. So, you know, on those kinds of levels, yes, that's not uncommon. Um, and then there are other forms where of, of using the energy to move the, 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 using the meridians, the Chinese kind of system of, of working with the meridians um, to help rebalance um, the energy flows in the body. And those tend to have a corresponding impact on the emotions and things as well. Yeah, so, yeah the yes. tongue can extend beyond uh, physical to other realms. And I, regarding that, what is your perspective on any relationship between the martial arts and the work of triangles? That, that's a whole big story, but to keep it very brief, <laughs> I think that triangles actually is it's a way of working that can underlie the right development of so many different aspects of human life and human culture and um, in my early dojo um, my first dojo in fact with with youngsters i encouraged them to see if they can work to carry a mental link of energy with two other people to create a triangle mm. where what they would imagine was the best energy that they could think of connecting them together as triangles and i asked them to take it as an experiment and to see what because i didn't know what would come of it <laughs> and uh, the way we were working that made sense to them and there was one girl, she must have been about uh, maybe 12 or 13 at the time. And she stopped training with me. It was a, it was a school I was working at. And she, she had stopped training. It wasn't compulsory with me. And, um, and I also wasn't teaching her anymore uh, for other subjects in the school. And about a year or so later, we happened to cross paths and we were walking in the same direction. We got talking and then she said, sir, you know that triangle thing you told us about? I said, yes. She said, I actually, I actually formed one with two other people. And you know what I learned? 
I said, tell me. She said, what I want to do for this country, it's doable, but you can't do it alone. <laughs> you have to have other people who also want the same thing. And, I thought, and then she said, and the other thing she learned is that people say they will do something and they don't necessarily do it. <laughs> so the idea that she had to keep reminding the other two people that they had a triangle and that they wanted to keep this triangle going, she found she had to be the prompter. So, yeah, that's, so, all yeah. triangles workers can have that. Yes. <laughs> well, I've taken up a lot of your time. We just have a few minutes left, so we'll open it up to our audience. Great. Um, I'm sure there are some comments. Here and can you see the chat box, um, Clarence? Uh, just give me a second. Let me... There's a lot of nice comments here. Yes. Let's see. Okay. So just kind of probably scroll down a little and then you'll see. Okay. Let's just see. Um, ah, here we go. Uh, Diane Rogers is the first one I'm seeing there. Uh, wonderful expression of martial arts and as a vehicle of love. Yes, thank you. It's it's um the interesting thing for me on that one is um, that although not necessarily all teachers um, would see it that way, if you raise it with them, then they see it. You know, it's not necessarily always conscious. Somebody asked, uh, Ginny asks, what is the role of the etheric body in martial arts? Um, I don't think that that term is often used, the etheric body, but certainly the vital body um, is used in terms of Chinese martial arts in particular, um, is where you might more hint that, and, and the body as a vehicle for qi, so the, the term that's used is qi. Yeah. Um, but I would say that from the angle of the soul, in one way, it is the aim is to get our, our bodies at all levels to carry the, the best vision we have of, of life, of how things can be, and, and eventually really the noblest purpose that we can see for life. If that can be somehow energize our, our bodies, actual physical bodies, then it means we will be doing in outer life things that are entirely congruent or in tune with um, our highest sense of, of purpose and service. So yeah, the etheric body, I would say, is, is crucial, but it's not necessarily seen. Most, I would say that most people today see the body as the physical, purely the physical, um, even though they may talk about chi and ki, um, which are essentially etheric forces. Um, Eduardo says, beautiful image, um, we as souls are the warriors and through discipline we train our vehicles. Through Mars, we also have the power of the sixth ray of devotion. Scorpio is really the battleground. Yeah, I, I certainly resonate, resonate with all of that. Thank you, Eduardo. Clint asks, uh, couldn't martial arts also be an expression of the third ray of active intelligence? 
Um, most certainly, um, most certainly. I, I won't go into more, but yes. And I'd love to hear more what you are seeing too <laughs> in, in asking that question. Eduardo says, and love underlying all, beautiful. Well, for me, imagine if um, those of us who already have some sense of the importance of triangles also had some sense that our work is part of the immune system of humanity. That we, through the work that we do in triangles formation, are helping to circulate the kinds of energies that protect us from our lower impulses. When I say our, I mean humanity as a whole. And we see so many, so much, so many examples of, of that today. Um, the, the expression of, of lower um, impulses, if, if we want. Um, so yes, love underlying all. Um, Samantha and Matthew, uh, this one I think is from Matthew. He says the discipline of it is sixth ray. The ritualness of it is seventh ray, and the creative artistic aspect of it is fourth ray. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> um, John Horan says, very well spoken, Clarence. The seventh ray influences can also be noted in the increasing practice of yoga in the West. Yes. Likewise, in group formation, as befits the teaching methods of the Aquarian age. Yes. I think the culture of the soul cannot be limited to any one particular form. And what will be interesting is to see what new forms um, or both what new forms emerge um, and also how current forms and practices, cultural expressions transform under the increasing clarity of the note of the soul as, as, as that happens, which I think it again, it not only can happen, but is happening. Maybe we can, you could yes. add Christina's comment because it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, okay. Christina says, thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Clarence. Interestingly, in the Greek myths, the centaur Chiron educated many warriors like Achilles, Jason, etc., in the art of war. But he considered it to be the to be the inextricably connected with the healer's art, Centaur Chiron, whose name is related from Hans, Kier, I, I presume that's the right um, pronunciation. Kier is considered to be an ancient symbol for Sagittarius, a sign which is also connected hierarchically with Mars. Many thoughts and relations emerged out of your presentation. Thanks again. Yes, I think we would all agree with Christina that so many ideas have emerged from your sharing with us and we'll have you back as soon as we can and hopefully we can explore these more fully next time. So thank you so much Clarence and thank you all in the group and we'll close with a moment of silence to link with all Triangles workers. Thank you again, everyone.